Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Our guest this episode has performed for 10,000 happy audiences, including most of the Fortune 500 companies in 45 countries in all 50 states on every major TV network and even twice at the White House. He's a magician, trade show presenter, and author of Amaze and Delight, Secrets to Creating Magic in Business. He's also a good friend of mine. Please welcome to the podcast, Robert Strong. Robert, thanks for being here. It's great to be here, and uh, I'd like to introduce Anders. Anders is literally the only person on the planet that actually read my bio on the website. So thank you for reading that. I feel like I got the value out of all those writers I, I, I hired to, to get that down to just one paragraph. It's good. It's good. I mean, it sets things up and uh, who you are. And uh, I've known you for many years now. And uh, 12 plus. And could be. And maybe yeah. Five. Yeah. And so we see each other quite a bit uh, at different trades. Let's just pause here. I see you more than I actually see my family. I see my family once a year in person. I see you six times a year in person for four days, and I break bread with you more often than them. Yes. You are literally like my uh, my on-the-road family. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, we do see each other quite a bit. And and just so you know, Robert, when you said break bread, Robert is often the the guy to arrange the dinners for the professional. Famous person. for something. Yeah. So my thing I'm famous for is be here at six o'clock. There'll be food. It's actually really important because from a Darwinian evolutionary point of view, I'm the person who knows where the calories are. So that makes me so important to everybody. That's right. That's right. If you want to survive, you got to know this guy. And actually saying that you then this is not something you know i had planned to, to talk to you about but you are a born connector right yeah. you meet a lot of people and you it's almost like you've got this like rolodex in your mind robert is as oh. how you put okay. people together two pools of people people that i connect for romance and then people for not necessarily for business but for uh their their business growth meaning there's a creative that needs a job and there's a job that needs a creative and and i love connecting people and um uh it's everybody wins and when you do a good job doing that everybody takes your call because they know that you're absolutely going to open up the rolodex and share everything and everybody else is so careful with their contacts and i just think there's abundance out there there's 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 enough work for everybody if we do good work Oh, that's great. That's great. I think that's a good tip for everyone just listening, just as far as the abundance and I think the synergy that's created by creating connections. Synergy is such a dirty word. Can you never use that in a podcast again? I challenge you for the rest of your career never to use the word synergy. Engage well, it one time, but yeah, synergy yeah. never. Well, let's synergize on another word that I could possibly okay. use. Um, yeah. a multiplier, a, a force multiplier. <laughs> Or smiles of water. Yeah, that's good. Um, Robert, let's let's just uh, stop for a second and roll back and go back. How did you start? What's your background, um, you know, in, in terms of performance and speaking? Uh, you know, where did it all get started? A uh, lot like you, I imagine. I was 12 years old. I got into magic and I'm still passionate about magic. And I can hang out with magicians, talk magic day and night, 
almost never bore of talking magic theory and all that. I love being on stage. Honestly, if I didn't need the money, I would still perform. There's something um, in me that literally gets high when I create joy and delight for other people. And hence, that's kind of the, the topic of my book that David, I don't mean to cover David, but David Martinez was my co-writer. And um, it really feels good. And when you do, oh, you have my book. Yes. Where's my Amazon review? Come on, man, get on Ooh. top of it. Oh, 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 no, he just called him out on his own podcast. Hey, everybody out there, make him feel bad. Shame him by giving me a review before he does. There you go. Yeah. So, I'll guys, do it right you do it right now while we're talking. Just go ahead. That's right. Talk, just go ahead talking and, and I'll just do it on my phone right here. Um, so, so honestly, I think the thing is, is there, there's huge benefits that are absolutely measurable when you do for others. And my way of doing for others is creating delight. Also, like you said, making connections and stuff like that. But um, I think my purpose on the planet is to leave it better than I found it to. Um, uh, there, there's a story I've heard and it's been attributed to a lot of different people, but I try to take it on myself. I try to leave every room better than how I found it. So that's that's my thing. And hopefully it shows. And I think it's given me a lifetime of work and hopefully it's gonna give me the rest of my life of work too. Well, that's a good, uh, good philosophy to have. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, well, performance and uh, different things. You know, we're always kind of, uh, I think, trying to work on ourselves too. Yeah. And so I know you're a real student of, of well, actually, when I talk about student, you, let's, let's re rewind a little bit. You used to run a thing where you interviewed old comedians, didn't you? Oh my God. I, that's literally the favorite thing I've ever worked on. I think the best work I'd ever done. Um, right when the housing crisis happened, which was the worst timing to ask for money for a project. Um, I produced a show called comedy talks, conversations with the legends of comedy. I did three pilots for television, never sold it, but it was the best work I ever did. I interviewed Carol Channing from Broadway, Rich Little, the impersonator, Steve Rossi from uh, Mar um, 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 Rossi. I may have the names wrong. I'll, I'll look that up. And um, uh, George Siegel, the actor, and Paul Mazursky, the director, and and uh, Shelley uh, Berman, the comedian, and um, and more. And what was great was the synergy between them was 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 so much that like each show had a dozen abrupt unplanned just standing ovations people just leapt to their feet because the moment was just so powerful and i've never before seen that or ever since seen that where like during an interview show where the audience just jumped to their feet that many times like it was it was it was really something magical and i don't throw that word around often being a magician but it was it was special what, what was it about those moments do you think was it just the appreciation that the the audience had for that legend or was it something they did in the moment that was just so perfect? It was really both at the same time. They were all had great stories. They were all great at telling stories. They were all great at improvising. And so what they would do is they would all interact and they really adored each other. And it really showed that they, you could really feel that they adored each other and they would all add to each other's story. And it felt like um, somebody would tell a story, another person would tell a story, a third person would tell a story. And then the first person would come back and connect all of them in a way that felt like just really amazing. And it, they were present and paying attention, things that I learned from them that are in the book, being in the moment, reading the room, uh, and truly connecting and connecting with that audience. And, you know, had the audience been a different audience or another city, they had the wherewithal to change and adapt to that. So they were, they were all about in the moment connection. Mm -hmm. 
Well, both you and I uh, have a lot of experience at uh, at trade shows or business audiences where people are trying to communicate uh, a message, uh, potentially about a company or a product or service or something like that. And they bring us in so that people will pay attention, right? And, yeah. and one of the ways that we make them pay attention is by making people laugh, right? Using comedy and using humor. And in your book, Amazing Delight, you talk about making them laugh. Are there any uh, tips or anything that you could maybe share uh, our listeners who maybe maybe they they don't think they're funny or they they don't want to have that like pressure of being funny? What what are some ways that they could kind of you know? Well, let me let me uh, just talk about your premise. Um, when you're at conferences, everybody's on their phone during all the talks, and they're taking notes or they're not taking notes. And when we're there, it's the only time that they're actually looking up and magic, what we both do in comedy and humor, which we both do is based on surprise. And if they're distracted, there's no funny or there's no magic there. So we become experts at grabbing and holding attention. And I think that's one of the important things. I'm like, I feel like Vanna White just kind of, but I'm just going to motion to the book. Um, so uh, let me, yeah, let me give you some tips on how to be funny and, and why it's so important. There's again, a lot of great data on uh, uh, people staying at work, people making sales, people being happy at work and, and team culture and all that through humor. Um, in the book, I think I give five uh, uh, styles of ways of creating humor that are HR friendly. But then um, I give like 12 tips on like, remember to do this, remember not to do it, and all that. Like one of the tips, for example, is never use sarcasm or never tease or make fun of someone else um, uh, unless it's absolutely clear to everybody in the room that you both really adore each other. Mm. That's the only time because you know it's coming from a place of love. The only issue is if you continue to tease somebody that you absolutely adore and really like working with, over time, people can start to have negative thoughts about the person. In other words, if I say, oh, Anders, you're late as always, and I tease you about it, even though everybody knows we love each other, over time, you may not get that raise or promotion or that gig because they go, oh, Anders runs late. So even even when it's sarcastic you want to keep it to an absolute minimum that's the type of tip but an actual i, I like uh, that though robert is terms of, of kind of like guidelines or or like the you know keeping the car on the road because just because someone wants to hey i'm going to try to be add some humor there are pitfalls that we need to avoid so that's that's a really good rule yeah and and uh there may be a follow-up book on this that is just on humor in the workplace and, and, and creating humor in presentations, because um, when I've been giving my keynotes, a lot of people want more about humor in the presentations. Oh, I don't know how to be funny. How do I do that? Everybody can be funny. You just have to kind of find your own style and all that. Um, the first tool I give for improvising humor is um, listening, connecting, and then adding laughter. So in other words, we talk in our conversation and there's something that piques my interest. And earlier in the conversation, the thing that piqued my interest was that I teased you and everybody knows we adore each other. So it's coming from a place of love. I teased you about that word. I then can't later, say, it. say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you just did not too long ago, but anyway. I, well, that was, that was it. So then I connected and used it again. And that's how I get the humor. It's kind of a callback. Yes. Yes. Because I did, I did point it out. I didn't say anything in the moment when you used it, but the people watching the video will notice. I was like, "Hey!" Yeah. And then you'll have a big word that grows across synergy right across because no one. Okay. So, so it's just listening things that pique attention and then bring it back later. So, if someone mentions that Susan Counting is really great with numbers, 
And then later in the conversation, they mentioned the conference is going to be at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. You go, well, for playing poker, I want Susan on my team because I know she's good with numbers. That's almost a guaranteed laugh. What it does is it communicates that you're paying attention, you're in this moment, and you're connecting with the people that are there. And that feels good. And and we express that through laughter. So that's one of five. Would you like another? Give me, yeah, give us another one. Hyperbole, go big or go home. It's uh, friendly exaggerations. And you never want to take a negative trait and exaggerate. You want to take a positive trait and exaggerate the, the heck out of it. Um, the uh, example I give in the book, if I may read, uh, company drive, I'm calling it drive, a fictitious company, makes self-driving cars and they're doubling in size every year. And I learned in a culture interview uh, that they are also Star Wars fans. So the joke I might write is it's an honor to be working for drive today. They're growing so fast that they just signed an agreement to automate the fleets of the Rebel Alliance and the Knights of the Jedi Order. The dark side is screwed. So I'm taking something I know about them and I'm exaggerating it. I don't, I don't think I want to end on that one because that landed a little flat. Um, <laughs> um, I like meta jokes, jokes that yeah. are self-aware, self-referential. And um, some examples are um, uh, to the thief who stole my antidepressants, I hope you're happy. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, when I said I was going to become a comedian, they all laughed. Well, they're not laughing now. Boom. Boom. <laughs> um, so those are meta jokes. There's a few more yeah. uh, uh, styles of humor that you can create in the moment or write into your presentations. Nice, nice. Um, so we were talking a little bit too about like humor is one way of, of, of capturing people's attention. But it's also about connecting and it's also memorable. So humor is more than just that. Um, it, if, if you interview people afterwards, what they remembered from the presentation, what the brain is going to be able to do from a neuroscience point of view, it's going to recall the joke and the laugh. And then it's going to remember the message that's connected with it. So they're going to remember it longer. They're going to remember it more accurately and they're going to share it more often uh, than if there's not humor connected with it. That's also how humans connect. As far as I can tell, there's no animals that actually get jokes and they don't communicate through humor. Yeah. So it is a purely human way. You've got love and we've got humor and those are the two things that are completely um, human and we need that for uh, connecting. Yeah, I, and I, I see humor also kind of almost as it's one of these like engagement hacks we want to make people pay attention, right? Storytelling is another thing that is just like the, the we're just wired to listen and to remember and to kind of uh, almost like little post-it notes in the in the brain, right? So same thing or that those right. moments of humor just stand out and then we, also we don't kind remember of remember words. What we do is remember concepts and then we restructure those concepts back into words when yeah. we retell it. And so what we're doing is we're giving them a concept with the magic as a metaphor or the humor with storytelling, uh, with the punchline. People can recall why they laughed, reconstruct mm -hmm. the story, and then they remember information about your company or your product or or about your salespeople. Yeah. And it really stands out. And and so I know in the book also you talk about kind of magic moments, right? For and and for and I'm not and I'm not saying for magicians, but magic moments for non-magicians to be able to you know chapter four there we go chapter four okay boom well yeah, let's just let's just read straight from the book um you know i i what what is what is some way what are some ways that you know we can create some magical moments um i wrote the book a year and a half ago so i'm using the book for reference um 
so for the magical moments it's really um i'm gonna back up and say how do you define magic people mm-hmm. use it all the time it was magical it works like magic the trip was magic the the experience was magical the the connection was magical people use it all the time but if you go to the the dictionary the definition doesn't do it justice it's basically you know um the ability to apparently so not even for real uh do mystical things with unknown powers and it's it's just gobbledygook and all that so what i've done with david is we spent two years writing this book and going what are magical moments and it's a lot of things it's not one thing a lot of like uh, teller's definition from penn and teller is uh, magic is sometimes somebody spending more time and energy and effort on thing on something than anybody else would reasonably expect and all of that's invisible so doing a lot of work for us it's the rehearsal of practice i mean if you go to a hotel and and they expect your every need and like before you ask for the extra towels they're there not only are they there they're sculpted into elephants they're over delivering they're personalizing it because they know that you did an elephant trip that day so it just it feels like oh my god they know me they get me they've gone above and beyond they're delivering better than i ever expected um so to do that we broke it down to a number of things one is um when i meet people i take notes in my crm i and um I learned about them. I know their kids' names. I remember what we did last time, what restaurant we ate at, and I follow up with follow-up questions. And I genuinely want to connect with them. So it's not like I'm manipulating them because I want them to, f- to fake out the fact that I'm I'm connected with them. No, I actually want to remember who they are and what we talked about and follow up that way. And you and I are in the booth. We get scans all the time, and we take notes on uh, what we talked about. And imagine if you call them and you start over. That just doesn't feel magical. It feels the opposite. It's like, well, why did I spend that half hour in a meeting at the conference talking about something? So take notes, refer to them. Uh, another one is take great care of everyone. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, Robert, uh, you know, when I think about it, it's that extra effort or that extra going the extra mile to make people feel special. And when, you know, even just you remember their name, let alone all the other things that you make notes on, it just like, who does that, right? Well, like that stands out in in the world and it's not a huge thing that you're doing, but so few people would ever take the time to do that. that I'm gonna connect it to us. We're yeah. comedians, we're magicians. We spend an incredible amount of time thinking about the other person's experience. Mm. What did they experience? What did they feel? What did they see? And I, this is why I think we're qualified to talk about this is because um, taking notes and all that, it's because we go, what is their experience? What would optimize for the experience? Every time we perform a magic trick and rehearse it and, and talk and all that, we're thinking about how can we get a little more impact out of something? How can we remove that little bit that takes them out of the moment? How can we add just a little more, a little more? And we're, we, we're never satisfied. And so when we're always thinking about what's their point of view, what's their perspective, what's their experience, and how can we create more amazement and more delight for them, um, it, it puts us, we're in a state of mind that we're, what, what's there, we're thinking, what's in it for them? How can I get their focus and attention? How can we get the biggest impact? How can I get them to just go, wow. I mean, like even be without words, we can't think of how many times we end a big presentation. There's 50, hundred people in our audience and it just, it's absolute silence. The good silence where people are just like, they can't even like we talk to each other, look at their phone or whatever. They're just stunned because it was so amazing. So we, we think about their experience and that's why I think we're good at creating 
magical moments for people. And, and I, I think magical is overused, but we should all strive for it. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, literally magic moments in, in that case, but the idea when you are putting that customer's experience, you know, in, in, in your mind and really curating what they're going to go through, whether it is when they're buying from your company, when they are just maybe going to their, your website to check things out. However, all those different interactions, those points of contact, when those are thought out and are customer centric, um, there are those moments of, wow, that you can, you can plop in there. And, um, like the example you said with a hotel, you know, actually anticipating your needs, not just responding you know with good customer service so yeah it's it's anticipating the, every every need and when you get it right with a high level a high number of times people just trust you you are the go-to for their business mm-hmm. they don't even have to think about what the price is yeah isn't that isn't that nice for the for yeah. any of the business owners out there listening right to be able to be that category of one um to be the only logical choice you know in the yeah, in- I, I think you and I have been doing it for a long, long enough time to say um, the people that we used to be in the trenches with 20 years ago are now VPs and and C-level people. And they say to the marketing people, just get Robert Strong. It doesn't matter what it costs, just he'll solve it. And it's that relationship over 10 years where they know that like they've seen me through thick and thin and they know that like when no one's looking, I'm the one who's picking up trash from the aisle because that aisle is in front of their booth and that's the experience. And it's such a small thing, but if you keep halving the distance to like a perfect experience and uh people having to step over trash in the aisle actually gets in the way of their experience with the booth it's absolutely my responsibility to pick up the trash in the aisle it doesn't matter that i'm wearing a nice suit and dress shoes and all that it's my responsibility to make sure the customer has the the best you know white glove five-star experience imaginable and i think you know that what you just said there uh robert and and i've i've experienced the same same thing you know uh is that a lot of people don't have this sense of of ownership perhaps over the moment or over the perception of whatever you know again we're well, talking there's also about not awareness there's no awareness, awareness. like I'm, I'm i'm mildly ocd so i pay attention okay. to the finer details but then there's the ownership and it's like we're all in this together and I'm yeah. taking ownership of everything that everybody else doesn't do. And I've politely been uh, yelled at because I've thrown away coffees. And when I look at our booth and there's just old cups and food packaging, yeah. coffees and stuff like that, I'm like, this is not the image that I think represents the brand best. And I'm like, I'm willing to take that little bit of, hey, I just bought a coffee. Sorry, right. don't, don't, don't put it where the customers are going to see it. Yeah. Anyway, and I think the, the experience and the message. Right, right. And, and I guess, to the experience that you've had over the years, right, has, has taught you these lessons. And new people are always coming into companies, you know, fresh faced and, and not as seasoned, right? So um, there are things to learn. But anyone listening? Let me interrupt you. Then there's yeah. the other side where they think they're too seasoned and they know it too well. And, and that's they, actually harmful they, too. No, I, I agree. I was just talking about that the other day about the fact that we need to be still open to suggestions and improvement, right? To be able to, um, and, and I think I actually started that question a long time ago, and then we kind of went on a sidetrack, but what, what are you doing right now? How are you kind of improving your presentations these days and how you 
uh, perform because I know I'm always trying to tweak, you know, energy level. We've even given each other notes too, you know, at, at shows, even right? Even when so, they're not wanted, we've given each other notes. <laughs> um, so uh, I think uh, there are 10,000 people who claim or want to do what we do. And I think that's a fair number because if you look at websites, they say trade shows. But I would say realistically, there's probably a hundred people in the world that can deliver the quality that we deliver with all humility. And, um, and I think there's a couple of things that put us in this category because we see people come and go all the time. There's very few people that we see over and over again. And one of the things that puts us in the category is that we are never satisfied with where we're at. We always want to just improve a little bit. Another thing is that, um, we're always reinventing ourselves. So every five years, I'm working on something new and I'm a different brand right now. I'm working on my keynote for that goes with my book and and um, uh, that's gonna be the next chapter of my life and I'm leveling up my magic and leveling up my storytelling. And right now, I don't know when people will listen to this, but there's a Hollywood writer strike going on now. And so I'm hiring a Hollywood writer who has time that is, I would never be available any other time in my life to help me write the keynote. So I think it's you and I, um we we work with the right people we uh never stop evolving we're never happy exactly right but i think there's other things too we put the the goals of our clients ahead of our goals so there's the humor and there's the magic and if there's a moment where we could finish the magic and have the perfect reveal or catch a customer that we know is a potential buyer that our client wants to talk to we would throw away the magic and capture and put our clients goals and needs ahead of our own. And when you go out there, the 10,000 people that claim they do it, they can't do that. They can't read the room, read the moment and go, the priority is this, this joke is not important. The priority is this moment of capturing this customer for this client so they can make that sale. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point, Robert, in a way that, you know, as, you know, as we study uh, at Engageify, you know, how to create engagement with, our cu with customers and then pass those skill sets on to, to our clients, right? So that they can then um, focus their, their, the, the eyeballs of their prospects on what they do is that, yeah, we have to, you know, get them to listen to us. But ultimately, why are we doing this? We're doing this to, to be able to make those sales, to be able to get, you know, uh, the next steps. Of, of the customer buying journey set up to, to happen, yeah. right? So it's- I, I mean, when we do our intake, we really want to understand who are the attendees and what are the goals of the person hiring us so that every decision we make plays to those attendees and serves the goal of the client, not our goals of um, doing a cool card trick. Who cares? Good stuff. Hey, uh, Robert, before we, uh, we end here, what, uh, how can people get in touch with you? You know, whether they want to get the book, they want to book you for a keynote, they want to, you know, uh, reach out and get you to, uh, to entertain or, or what have you. So what's I email synergy at synergy.com. <laughs> oh, I got a call. A laugh on that one. That Thank you. I'll be here all month long. Yeah. Get yourself there you, a, a cough drop. Um, yeah. you can, reach me at my website strongentertainment.com and um, just googling my name Robert Strong and uh, the book is on Amazon and uh, uh, if you like the book unlike Anders uh, please leave a review I like the book I just hadn't left a review so it will it will happen mark my it will words happen.
Oh, cool. you know everybody's gonna be checking now. Yeah, I know, I know. This is like uh, pressure's on. There, there you we go. You write a snarky one too with the word synergy a couple times. <laughs> I think it'll find its way into the uh, in, sure. into the review. Hey, uh, Robert, thank you so much for coming on. I'll have to have you on again another time. I know yeah. we could just go on and on. Way too fast. Yes, it did go yeah, fast. Yeah, we could talk about a thousand other things. Okay, let's do it again. Okay, thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. And to all of our listeners. Until next time, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and stay engaged.